Every man has two countries, France and his own. A production of the French Consulate General in New York. With the support of France Amérique Magazine. Welcome to A Propos, a podcast across the Atlantic. I'm your host, Garant Choco. In this podcast, brought to you by the Consulate General of France in New York, I welcome guests from both sides of the Atlantic to discuss cultural, social, and political matters and to build bridges between our two countries. General of France in New York, and welcome to Apropos. Thank you very much for welcoming me here. You're very welcome. We have a tradition. We have a little glass of champagne, or champagne without alcohol. So, like, do you want to cheer with sure, me? Sure, absolutely. To jumpstart our conversation. Cheers. Cheers. So let's start with actually today and this morning. I know that you have a strict writing regimen. Were you able to write this morning? Uh, no, this morning I couldn't because I was visiting a, um, high school for my kids. Very nice. And then I jumped in the taxi to meet you here. To meet me here. Did, do your kids have a, a passion for writing, for reading, like you? Uh, yes, they do. In fact, my older son um, is a big reader. Mm -hmm. and um, he writes uh, uh, scripts. Very nice. And my middle kid, George, uh, is a very good, he's a very good English writer. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's a good reader too, and he likes, uh, he likes to write. Like. He likes words. He, he, he got it very... He, he understood the, um, the power of words and the power of a conversation. Yeah. And, uh, and the power of sharing and argumenting and, uh, and the power of understanding. And he's very much uh, into that. Very good. Uh, do they read your book? No, I ask them not to. No, joke about, uh, no, no, I don't want, uh, I mean, they might, but I'm, yeah. I, will, I would never talk about that with them. I absolutely do not want, you know, I'm their father. And I want to keep it that way. I mean, maybe, I mean, I know the older one does, uh, but the uh, George and Clea, I really don't want to, to I, I don't want any obligation, you know, one day they will read them or not. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so they might not be reading you, but you have, you've sold 40 million copies uh, of books throughout the 15. world. <laughs> 50 million, yeah. good. Can, how do you perceive, do you conceive of the fact that you're able to touch the imaginary of so many people coming from so many different backgrounds in so many different countries? No, no, I, I shouldn't even have corrected the number. But when I don't, my publisher, that's upset my publisher because it's, uh, for them it's also a lot of work. No, it's very abstract. The, the exist, the life, of a writer is so different from uh, other form of expression. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a singer mm -hmm. and you have sold 15 million, 50 million album, mm -hmm. um, you are uh, every day when you, when when you work, you go on stage and you're you're dealing with the audience. Yeah. And, and when you're on a stage and, and you're singing for a crowd of, you know, 13, 15, uh, 
sometimes 50,000 people, of course you were aware yeah. of, you know, of what's going on between you and, uh, and your listener. And mm -hmm. if you are an actor and you have you know, a, an audience of 50 million viewers worldwide, um, it's the same thing. You have this interaction uh, in the streets or uh, on, a, on the stage of a theater or, you know, uh, but a writer can hardly follow a reader, you know, in his living room mm -hmm. and hide behind the coach to get his reaction. Very true. So you don't, I mean, of course there is some book events like, you know, book fair or uh, a book signing in a book in a bookstore. But it's very humble. It's always, you know, it's going to be um, in, you know, the biggest event. I think the biggest event I had was in China. And mm -hmm. there was 2,000 people. Mm -hmm. And that was already, like, huge. But most of the time, you know, it's 50, 60, 80, 200 person at the time. So it's still very... Um, May I say intimate in some way? Yes, intimate. Yeah. The only way where sometimes I realize something is happening is when when you talk with someone and they they it can be in a taxi or it can be you know in the waiting lounge or sometimes you know in a restaurant and when someone's uh, talk to you and relates <clears throat> a story of their life related to a book. Mm -hmm. I have written. This is very touching mm -hmm. because I have to say that when you, the writing, writing is a extremely, uh, it's a lonely process. Mm -hmm. When I was making comparison with a singer or an actor, um, they have a team, they have yeah. a crew. Uh, of course, when you write, you have a team at your publisher, but the team is not there when you work. Yeah. When you're a singer, the team is there when you perform, mm -hmm. when you record. Uh, when you're an actor, you're surrounded by people when you work. Yeah. Um, for a writer, it's the exact opposite. There is no one when you work. Yeah. There is a small team when the work is done. Mm -hmm. But before that, there is no one. So it's really hard to make a connection. Uh, I mean, to think about the audience the, yeah and the impact and the numbers yeah. but maybe i think yeah. it's better like that i i, I think it's better the more you stay humble yeah and uh the more free you are uh in your writing yeah and so we can take this conversation in so many dif different directions um but let's start with from the beginning, um, when did you... So you were born in, in, in France, in Vienna? Yes. And when did you start feeling and understanding that you had so many stories that you wanted to, to share? How did that emerge? Do you remember? Was it a specific moment or it's always been with you? I remember when I was, uh, when I was a young man. Um, I was... Um, I was very, very bad, you know, at uh, trying to seduce girls. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of my friends, they were just, you know, getting into a place and a smile, a little cha-cha. And uh, me, I was, uh, I was, I don't know if I was too shy or maybe too much in advance mm -hmm. uh, on my time so that, you know, I had too much respect and I was terrified, you know, just to... Uh, start to talk, you know, mm -hmm. or, or uh, to be perceived as an intruder. But I discovered <clears throat> uh, that when you were telling a story which was not about yourself, you were creating a bond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I liked that because, in fact, um, you give the freedom to everyone listening the story to enter or not into the story. Mm -hmm. And and so, for example, when I was when I was going to a dinner, uh, in in someone was asking me around the table a personal question, 
I was always trying to find a way of not talking about myself and switching, you know, into uh, telling about something, you know, that I had so, uh, or that, you know, I had witnessed or that I found very interesting or that I have read and that I was, and telling the story of others was, I, I found very early that it was an amazing way of uh, engaging with people. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when you're too shy to engage, you know, just because you mm-hmm. consider that you're smart or uh, irresistible or all mm-hmm. of those things that, you know, I definitely didn't uh, consider. So, um, yes, that I discovered that when I was young. And I was always fascinated by, uh, by the ability of, of, of certain people, you know, to uh, what we call the storyteller mm-hmm. and their power as a storyteller but I I had no idea at that time you know if I would be able to do it in fact I was already engaged in in my professional life so I I didn't have time to think about you know that could be my future life but it's yeah because you had you were um, working at the Red Cross and then you also started many different businesses very successful businesses and there is always like an element of storytelling in them. Like you founded an architectural firm. And for me, like architecture is an art form, right? It's a narrative that you put it in form for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, <coughs> but you found the time to write a full book. And then this book was acclaimed, was successful. And is it then that you decided to dedicate your life purely to storytelling and writing? Well, I decided to, uh, to give it a try because in fact, when I wrote my first novel, I was absolutely not doing that like, you know, I'm writing a novel. I was, you know, writing for the pleasure of writing. And it's funny because when you think about the writing process, I have many people, they ask me, how do you do to publish a book? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the key to publish a book? And my answer to that is, I mean, first you have to write it, mm-hmm. which uh, some people really it. forget, you know, <laughs> there are so much in, yeah. <clears throat> and the, the, the weird thing about uh, writing is that if you, if you think about playing piano, you are absolutely conscient, conscious that you're going to have to learn piano mm-hmm. before you play. Yes. Uh, and you're not going to go to a piano uh, teacher saying, um, okay, uh, what shall I do so I could play at Carnegie Hall? Mm-hmm. Because, and if you start painting, you're the same thing. You're not going to think about, you know, how, when am I going to be at the Metropolitan? Um, you, you, you think first about painting. Yeah. But because we learn how to write at school, there is this ID, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, you just need to write and, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, it's harder than that, much harder than that. Yeah. Um, and so when I was uh, writing my first, what would become my first book, I was not in the mood of I'm writing a novel. Yeah. I was in the mood of I'm writing a story. Okay. And then that story became a novel. But in that story that I was dedicating to my son, <clears throat> and that was, I mean, even if today... Uh, it has been quite vulgarized. At that time, uh, telling your children, go for your dream. Yeah. And not, you know, try not to try to fit into the system. And if you have yeah. to get out of the box to get to your dream, get out of the box because the box is boring. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't listen to the people that will tell you all your life that what you want to achieve is impossible because they couldn't do it by themselves. And try to remember that everything that is um, uh, lovable and admirable and interesting is out of the box. Yeah. The last thing you want to do if you want to write a script is to follow the hundreds of rules that you can see in all those books that have been sold about how to write a script. Yeah. And if you follow the rule of this book, you're going to write yeah. something very banal and non-interesting. The only guy making money is the guy writing the, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, writing the book, how to write a script. Mm-hmm. Um, so, telling all of that, you know, in in a story to my son, but I'm talking about uh, almost thirty years ago. It was really well advanced. So then, mm-hmm. what I 
never thought about becoming a book, become a book, and then Spielberg buy the book and makes a movie. So I had no choice, you know, I was, I was like in a kind of a contradiction. If, I, if life was giving me the, the concretization of a dream that I was, uh, that I, que j'avais même pas fait, that, you know, I didn't even dare to make. Yeah. So if I, if I didn't try to transform that dream in a reality mm -hmm. after all the luck I had, yes. my son could have reproached me that and saying, so all your book was like just BS. Yeah. Yeah, I see. It, so then I just, yeah. you know, I, I quit everything to try to write a second book. Mm -hmm. And then I was lucky again in the second book, you know, <clears throat> worked well. So yeah. I started to write the third one and then the fourth one. Right, and really. then one day I, I woke up and I, and I said, that, that's it, that's my... I'm a writer. <laughs> No, but you know, I mean, it's, uh, we, I'm joking and mm -hmm. not that much joking. When, when my first book was published, mm -hmm. because of the, uh, the fact that Spielberg, you know, picked it and called me and we met, etc. Well, anyway, I was invited uh, in France uh, in the um, uh, literary uh, uh, TV show of Bernard Pivot. Mm -hmm. I remember, yeah. And I will always remember this moment of my life. I was sitting uh, near Max Gallo and he was so kind to me when the other guest was quite, you know, self-sufficient and, mm -hmm. uh, and even arrogant. But yeah. Max Gallo was like, you know, very generous and very reassuring. But anyway, I remember and the, the first thing I said to uh, Bernard Pivot that day was... I'm not a writer, mm -hmm. but I'm going to try to do everything I can to become one. And I think that, um, yeah. and I've done it. Yes. Yeah, you're not into the performance of being a writer. It's not an identity that, is that, that um, you just want to occupy because you practice the art of writing. And because of that, now it's true, you can be labeled as a writer. But for what I'm, I'm hearing from you, that the practice of writing, the work of, of writing and storytelling is what moves you. It's not the title or the... Um, the posture. The, the posture. Attitude. Yeah, and that's like my, you know, goes, by, goes to my next question around elitism, is that it's true that literature throughout the world in France, uh, but also I, I'm aware of a creative writing program in the US that are so hard to access. You know, there, is, there are so many barriers. The world of literature is, um, is very hard to access. It's not democratic. How have you been able to navigate? Because you're talking about humility, talking about, you know, the trying to posture. Um, and you're coming from the land of Victor Hugo and Rimbaud and, you know, so how have you been able to navigate that space? You know, elitism around literature, uh, it's a very, very interesting topic. Uh, when we extend that to the responsibility toward our democracies, mm -hmm. um, it's, very, it's a very interesting topic, which is far more important than my own condition. Because when you think how democracies are fragile today, yeah. and when you're trying to think, you know, about what can push people uh, to be attracted by autocratics? Uh, mm -hmm. What can motivate people to be uh, um, attracted by uh, populism? Mm -hmm. And in fact, the response, a part of the response lays in the attitude of uh, the intellectuals. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is that I've met a lot of the, these uh, people, you know, and, mm -hmm. and so they will sit in the seventh or sixth square of Paris, uh, or, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and they're going to talk about democracy like, you know, it was the most important thing of their life. Yeah. But they behave as elitist mm -hmm. in every, every mm -hmm. part of their life, they behave. And so they push people away. Yeah. I've seen journalist, uh, literary journalist, explaining to readers that what they were reading 
was not good, mm-hmm. that they shouldn't read that. Mm-hmm. Instead of embracing the fact that they were reading. reading. Yeah. And so, if you're dealing with someone who pretend to be the étendard mm-hmm. of uh, freedom and democracy, and these people behave with uh, arrogance and, and, and denies you as a person, the first autocratic guy that, mm-hmm. you know, take a microphone and say, I understand you, I'm like you. I am seen, at least. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. He got it. So, uh, the, the, um, I remember, the, the uh, I'm going to answer your question. I remember a sentence from one uh, French uh, man that was much more than a humorist, and it was a Kurdish. Mm-hmm. And he said one day, I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to belong. Uh, you know, in French, a milieu. A mi- uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. And so there is a kind of uh, play with words that can. I, I don't say we can't reproduce it uh, in English. But so I have to say that in French. Mm-hmm. He say I, I don't want to belong to a milieu because when you're in in the milieu, you don't see anything that what's going on all around. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's uh, it's a very interesting uh, way because. Um, Reading and writing, there is only one. If you had to, if you had to give one word to define what it means, it means freedom. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand that, you don't understand why uh, people like Ron DeSantis is banning mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. You don't understand that while you know uh, autocracy is uh, is is winning uh, shares in the United States. At the same time. They, they are banning books. I'm, mm-hmm. I am a member of the New York Library, and uh, every week I receive the list of banned books. Mm-hmm. We're talking about banning books in the United States in 2023. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you see how yeah. crazy that looks like. Well, every dictator has burned books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Putin right now is burning books uh, uh, in Russia and uh, having them, uh, and he is rewriting his story because as said Orwell, mm-hmm. uh, the one that you know uh, owns uh, the past, um, detained the future. Mm-hmm. So writing is about freedom. And the most important thing that you can do if you have access to freedom is not only to cultivate it, but to share it with others. Mm-hmm. In it's been 23 years now that I'm in this, you know, mm-hmm. field of literacy. So past my 60th birthday, I can argue now uh, without any shy, uh, without being shy, you know, with any literary critique, even from France Inter or France Culture. If you don't understand yeah. that books, all the books, are the key of freedom and, and the key of the expansion of democracy, you have not understand a word about what literacy, literary is. Even if you are the best specialist of Proust, yeah. you are absolutely out of your field. You are yeah. absolutely incompetent in what you do. Mm-hmm. And believe me, you can be a specialist of Chagall yeah. and, and, and still have, you know, absolutely not understand what painting is. It's, there is a difference between becoming specialist of something or very knowledgeable in something in. and understand the responsibility that you have. Yeah. So why am I telling you that? Because the, way, the reason why I always approach my work with humility not thinking that I was more important than anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's because every time I work, I touch freedom concretely. Yeah. I can write whatever I want. Yeah. I could, in my last yeah. book, I'm writing about the, the program of deportation made by Putin and uh, uh, Maya Belova, head of the social uh, the children's social department in Russia, they have deported 100,000 kids from Ukraine mm-hmm. into Russia. Mm-hmm. This is a genocide atrocity that is being committed. Mm-hmm. I can write about it. Mm-hmm. And I have thousands of fellow writers, because of where they live, if they write the same story than the one I wrote, they are going to be killed mm-hmm. or they are going to be jailed. Mm-hmm. I can write it. And, yeah. you know, 
the, the book I published before, um, the, the, the first page of the book was um, any resemblance with existing people would be, and then I had the freedom to add three little points and say, oh, you know what? Shit. Mm -hmm. There is mm -hmm. a very few still country in the world where you can have this degree of freedom. So yeah. that's, that's mm -hmm. how, you know, I've navigated uh, amongst, you know, I've never looked mm -hmm. for any price, any recognition from the mm -hmm. field. I've never had to compromise. Yeah. I've never had to cuddle anyone to be, you know, in this magazine, in this TV show, or in this, you know, literary price list or whatever, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not going to take my medals, you know, in the grave, but mm -hmm. I'm a free man. Beautiful. That leads me to my next question is, you write, you write about so many different topics, so many different um, type of characters, children, women, Indian characters, um, because I, I, I read one of mm -hmm. your wonderful books. And so you, you are getting to know, right? Because you have to research, you have such, you know, you have to research these characters and it's, I can only imagine how much work that is. And also it's a true sense of empathy to be able to, to get into their skin, right? And their psyche. Um, and so that's why it's interesting that you're talking about knowing and your, in your work, your quest and your search um, seems to be about this discovery and this knowing. Can you talk about like, your, your research process and how you develop your character, especially when they're coming from part of the world or you know, even a child, well, you were a child, but you know, writing in the voice of a woman. Yeah, I would uh, say that <laughs> the most difficult the was to be, yes. to be a woman. Uh, well, it's, it's all about that, you know, it's about when I was saying I want to know, I didn't make the junction, but I think I've been obsessed by that. Mm -hmm. And I was not good at school. Yeah. I was not good in the academic process. Yeah. Um, I was a fast learner as soon as the, uh, of what I had to learn uh, interested me. Mm -hmm. And you know, mm -hmm. then, you know, I was like a fast learner, but if I was not interested, I was very, very bad. And I'm fascinated by others. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I wanted to learn all the difference. And yes, you know, when, when, when one of my characters is uh, Indian from Mumbai, I probably am going to, I'm, I'm going to do mistake. And maybe a reader, uh, an Indian reader, you know, especially nowadays, <laughs> will criticize that, you know, how dare can you have an Indian character if you're not Indian yourself? And I absolutely disagree because I would say I took a long, I took many hours of my life mm -hmm. to walk to you, to make a step toward your mm -hmm. culture and to understand it. And if we start to understand each other, we have more chance to build something mm -hmm. together. And if we say that, you know, our culture are unique, you know, and if I pretend that there is no way of sharing that, then, you know, why we would do exhibition, why we would do, uh, you know, a museum, what we would do, conference all over the world. So it has always been a part of the, of the game. And when I'm saying the game, I said it, you know, with the the patient of a child uh, to explore new fields in every book, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, new jobs, new culture, mm -hmm. new human, uh, different human problematic, uh, you know, problematic. And it's, an, I mean, for me, it's, uh, it's an amazing journey. Mm -hmm. Really, it's an amazing journey. Yeah. I, and you know, sometimes it works. I remember when, one of my book, it's called uh, the, the Shadow Thief, mm -hmm. and the main character is uh, mm -hmm. is um, a children, a child, and uh, I decided to take the risk. Um, and uh, in my books, I mean, something that is my signature is that I've never described physically one of my character. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a very important yeah. thing because when I was talking about freedom, I believe in the freedom of the readers and yeah. the big difference between a book and a movie is that in a movie you cannot decide what the character looks like yeah. and you cannot decide of the tone of his voice or her voice. In a book, that's your freedom. Mm -hmm. So my work as a writer is to make you feel the character. Mm -hmm. and in in I know that you know I've always been told that I have a very visual writing, mm -hmm. and it's what makes me the really happy because uh, mm -hmm. hearing that you have a visual writing when you never describe a character, yeah, it's um, that's a Jewish joke. <laughs> uh, so I love that, and in the reason why I'm saying that is that getting into these characters in in. Getting into their, this life story as, I mean, that's probably what, you know, mm -hmm. gives me the most freedom. Uh, it is mm -hmm. fascinating. Sometimes it, it, you know, it got me into big trouble. Like, for example, in one of my book, I decided that the main character was going to be an astrophysician. Mm -hmm. And I started to write the book and I started the documentation process. And then I remembered that in school, uh, my best notation uh, was like uh, in American grade, it would be like a D in okay. physics. Yeah. And so I said, what Same. have I done? You know. <laughs> but then the, the 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 process is funny. I was yeah. really bad in physics in mm -hmm. school, and then I have this character, and he's an astrophysician, and I have to make him talk, mm -hmm. you know, like an astrophysician, and I have to develop, you know, his work. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote to an astrophysician mm -hmm. and I told him the truth. I said, you know, I was a very bad uh, student, but I'm writing this book and this is the reason why my main character has to be an astrophysician and I want to learn. And he was extremely generous of his time and he said, fine, mm -hmm. we're going to have you, uh, we're going to, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Mm -hmm. And we started to have this conversation. And I've learned so much, so many things yeah. uh, with him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the way I like to work. Yes. And when I have, you know, yeah. when one of my characters is a surgeon, I went to see a neurosurgeon and he invited mm -hmm. me into an operating room. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, and I remember I spent yeah. two days with a policeman in New York in the back of a police car mm -hmm. uh, because I wanted to learn about what they were doing. And it was that was a very funny, <laughs> uh, funny time. So yeah, yeah. No, 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 and I was sorry. I mean, uh, and then when I wrote the 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 little um, the the shadow thief, so I had uh, my idea was to push the uh, push the writing to not. I mean, to make all the environment existing without naming where it was. Mm -hmm. So I described the little town where mm -hmm. he lived, but I never named it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the little town where he goes in vacation by the sea, the little town the, um, where the, uh, the old, um, uh, how do you call the uh, nursing home mm -hmm. is, etc., etc. Then one day the book is published in China. Mm -hmm. And don't ask me why, I have no idea, but the book becomes a big success in China. It mm -hmm. was number one in the chart for three years. Mm -hmm. And they sold millions of copies over there. So I'm invited into China, into a, a book fair in Shanghai, and there is this famous book signing. And, uh, and to tell you the truth, uh, all the places in, in the Shadow Sif uh, somehow are, relate, are a mix between the one of my childhood mm -hmm. and my imagination. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in China, and a Chinese reader during the, the, the conference raised her hand and she said, I have a question. You described the Chinese school and the Chinese town and how have you done that because you didn't grow up in China? Yeah. And I think I have to tell you, uh, in my life as a writer, that question was one of the best moments I had. Yeah. No, it's wonderful, and I, I can I understand because it's true. You provide the space for your reader to make the story their own. No, it's all it's a reward of uh, humility. Of, yeah, and because and you have to be you have to be humble. Even mm -hmm. um, of course, the temptation of describing the the little town of my childhood mm -hmm. and saying me 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 mm -hmm. uh, it mm -hmm. might be tempting. But the idea of saying, okay, I need to get 
all the essence, all yeah. the light of this, and to have the humility to believe that it might be the same for some other people. People, the last part, no, because you're touching something very universal. So through your writing, you're creating pillars that can resonate with the many. And then from these pillars, your reader can actually like add the colors, right? Per their sensibilities mm -hmm. and their aesthetic. And that's fascinating because you are touching something that is very fundamental in human beings then. If it resonates, if the village that you described and the emotion of the child that you described are understood by a Chinese reader and also a, and appropriated, right? And then the same with an American child, a French child or an African child, there is, it's, there is something very magical and very powerful about it. Yeah, and plus the fact that that's what cross-culture is. Yeah. So, yes. no, this is... Uh, this is Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it very much. And how how do you feel that you grow yourself as you're writing your book? So the you who wrote Et si c'était vrai, if only it were true. And the you who wrote um, Le voleur d'ombre. And the you who wrote the la your last book. How do you, because are you also witnessing and recording yourself at specific time? specific point in time? I wish I had to tell you the truth. When, when, for me, the title of a book is more related to uh, what was happening in my life when I was writing it. Okay. So, when I, when I think about Et si c'était vrai, I think that, you know, I was 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And it's always the same thing, you know, I'm just saying, oh my gosh, I should have enjoyed it more. Mm -hmm. uh, because time flies yeah so I think there is two things when as you have maybe noticed I'm obsessed with freedom mm -hmm. and I think the more you practice your piano mm -hmm. do you know I'm a uh, pianist I don't know if you it's funny that you like talk about piano yeah I, I do I, I do ah you do okay <laughs> but, but like, but, like a schmuck you. but I do <laughs> But the more free you are to play mm -hmm. and yes. to improvise Completely. or to listen to, uh, you know, music and to reproduce it, the more, uh, the more you spend time in your kitchen, mm -hmm. the more you cook, mm -hmm. uh, the more free you are, you know, mm -hmm. to uh, not read any more book recipe and to do it by the smell, mm -hmm. by the use, because you know how it's going to... Yeah, the technique. I mean, you don't know and if you're excited because you say, okay, if I try this and this and this, maybe it's going that. But it's not a stress. I mean, it is a stress if you have 10 people sitting around the table, but it is fun also because you, you understand what I'm... Very much. Okay. It's the same with writing. Mm -hmm. It's a huge stress mm -hmm. and it's so fun, you know, to try new things. Mm -hmm. So... And that's what I experiment at every book. You know, I'm trying to say, okay, so um, I learned how to do that. Now, what, uh, what, how am I going to use this and mm -hmm. what shall I learn to mm -hmm. do? And when I told you that, you know, Inesi c'était vrai, Lauren and Arthur are never physically described. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember an interview with a journalist um, and he was uh, absolutely convinced that uh, Lauren was a blonde with blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And I was, during the interview, I said, but I never said that in the book. Mm -hmm. And he was looking at the page of the book, trying to find where I said it. And I said, believe me, there is a very few thing I know in life, but I remember I wrote the book, so it's not in the book. <laughs> Eight years later, I write The Shadow Thief, where mm -hmm. I, I can extend that, you know, making things palpable without describing them. But I do it with the uh, the town, the city, the place, and I would have probably not be able to make that with my first book. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. my first book is a three characters novel. Yeah. And uh, when I wrote uh, the the C'est arrivé la nuit, the first uh, episode of the ninth, I'm um, the, the the ninth series. There is nine main character. It's super hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, to do that, I mean, to do that, 
I'm not bragging. I mean, it's super hard to to uh, technically make nine main characters existing yeah. in the head of the reader yeah. without having the reader confused. Yeah. Because when you watch a movie, if there is nine characters sitting around the table, you recognize their voice and their face. You know, you're not going to mix, you know, Karine uh, mm -hmm. uh, Viard and uh, Emmanuel Béard. You, mm -hmm. you recognize them. And... Uh, But in a book, they don't have a face, they don't have a voice. It's all yeah. made up in your head. So uh, it's just by, uh, it's taught by a surname. Yeah. So how do you work so that, you know, when I, if I have nine main characters, each time that I'm calling one of them, you know, Who's you know, and you relate right away to, to the emotion that you have. Because um, if I'm watching a, a movie, an American movie, and imagine that there is a Meryl Streep, Anataway and uh, um, uh, Natalie Portman and Natalie Portman. <laughs> as actress, I mean, there is the role that they play, but yeah. as actress, they are. Uh, we have a different connection with them, yeah, because they, from them, there is something, and even if there is Penelope Cruz mm -hmm. at the fourth one. So if you have this poor woman uh, playing a scene. Each of them, despite the role that they are playing, they are uh, el dégage quelque chose. They, um, how do you say that? They, their aura, their they exude yeah, something. There is, yeah, because they are real. Yeah, they are a real person, you know, and they carry on their own life, their own work, their um, all the achievement they have accomplished, and all the the other movie they have played, and all the the thing. But when you are talking about fictional characters, yeah. they were not existing before you bring them into the page of a book. So how do you do that when you have nine? Yeah. And that, for example, it took me maybe 15 books to learn how to get that. Mm -hmm. And when I started, I was mm -hmm. absolutely not sure that I would be able to do it. Yeah. But when it starts to work, you say yes and you work. Yeah. So you practiced. Yeah. You practiced your piano. Absolutely. <laughs> so now you have the technique. What um, are you excited about? What are What are you looking forward to learning? Where today, what is in, inspiring you? What type of stories do you want to tell? Um, every book that I can write, uh, which gives to the readers the love of freedom. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the desire to tend through democracy and not, you know, autocracy, that's really motivate me. And not, mm -hmm. you know, like if I was on a sacred mission, no. but it's just because yeah. giving to uh, any, any person a little bit of freedom, I think that probably the thing I can do the best because what can mm -hmm. I do? I don't sing, I don't dance, I cook but I'm not a chef, you know, I play piano but always been like, you know, uh, so if I think, you know, what can I do best, that's probably what I can do best. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that when I say not like, you know, as a guru, last year I wrote a book uh, called Éteignez uh, tout et la vie salut. And it's about, you know, a woman and, and she's past over 50. And she thinks that, you know, uh, she can't be lovable anymore. Mm -hmm. And the whole book is about how the, 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 the eyes of a man in his 30, mm -hmm. uh, because the way you look at her mm -hmm. and, and the way he admires her, Uh, it's going to make this woman rethink completely her life mm -hmm. and most of all to rethink who she is. This is not a political book at all, mm -hmm. but I'm so happy that I wrote that because mm -hmm. I have received some letters that really, really touched me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I hope. That's mm -hmm. what excites me, you know, just to... Um, I mean, when you, when you finally... When you, make it very simple you know when you write a book 400 page book and uh, you're going to get into the life of the reader for a couple of hours mm -hmm. yeah if you can give to i mean if 
these few hours that you know a writer a, a reader gives you you can share passion hope uh, in a perspective of tomorrow it's already a good meal uh, I guess <laughs> no, it's achieving a lot and just to close the conversation um, so I I was reading your book um, and and the title escaped me because I read, I read it in English it's um, a, girl, a, a girl like her a girl like her a woman like her a woman like her and you know we're both living in, in New York and this book really so I you know I've been in New York since 2012 now and your book made me smell New York you refer Claudette the cafe you know the restaurant that uh, was a, a refuge for me as a French transplant mm -hmm. um, and so on the topic of New York when did you come here and what to, to, I mean the first time I came to New York I think you were you were not born but uh, I the, my, my first time in New York I was 17 mm -hmm. and uh, I was fascinated and I mm -hmm. think that even more at that time New York was a city that you loved or hate mm -hmm. and I hated it mm -hmm. when I was 17 mm -hmm. I really hated it And I hated it so much that it troubled me. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that I hated that city so much that, you know, uh, three years later, I, I started to think you can't hate something and pretend that you are indifferent to that yeah. thing. Wise. And every time that people were speaking about New York and that time, you know, I was saying, oh, hey, it's terrible, hey, it's terrible, hey, it's smell, hey, it's, uh, it's noisy, hey, it's super violent, because I'm talking about New York in 77, mm -hmm. 1977. Even Levovitz will tell you it has nothing to do with the New York of today. You were not going to have a brunch in Harlem, mm -hmm. and you were not even, you know, walking at night in the meatpacking district. Right, yeah. So, uh, and not even on Fifth Avenue, there were blocks that, you know, you definitely didn't walk on. Um, but then I, I was, I was uh, intrigued by, you know, how much I hated it. And I said, so if I hated it that much, it's because there is something that really touched me or, you know, disturbed me. Mm -hmm. So I needed to understand what disturbed me. And I came back, and then I started to fall in love. Mm -hmm. mm. And then I became a, a source of fascination, mm -hmm. because I understood, you know, what was so, you know, annoying. It was, it's, it's, it's diversity. It makes you uh, feel very small, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in fact. Especially back in these days, you know, you arrive and you wonder, who am I? And uh, yeah. here, you're not seeing my, my friend. Yeah. You're just, you know, like a tiny piece of shit in New York mm -hmm. and make your way and, mm -hmm. and, and go for it. Yeah. And that was the whole philosophy, which was the absolute, absolute opposite of the philosophy that was taught for us in school. Yes. And especially in French culture. Yes. So the, 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 the concretization uh, that, you know, a such different way of thinking was existing with this very intrigue, uh, intricate and complex relationship because remember for a 17 years old Jewish French guy mm -hmm. United States have, has saved us yeah you know we were freed by the American okay. so uh, we were eating chum gum and we were wearing jeans and we were like in adoration for the United States the the, the savior of the world so you get to New York and you have this absolute contradiction and, you, and you're lost you're just lost in translation yeah um so i when i went back uh i started to fall in love mm -hmm. and, and i remember i was with uh i was maybe 24 or 25 and we can end that you know uh, we can end the conversation <laughs> by this little story And so, uh, believe it or not, uh, I had spent all my saving to take her uh, for a dinner at the World Trade Center. Okay. I was highly flirting with her. Mm -hmm. By telling stories about... No, no, by taking, <laughs> by taking her to, you know, uh, 
anyway oh. so and and so we have this dinner and and we we took a cab mm-hmm. and we were sleeping in a small hotel in the upper west okay, okay. so the taxi takes the uh, west highway mm-hmm. which at this time was like you know uh, a road in the middle of a war mm-hmm. there was like pothole the size you know of yeah. a cow nothing I mean you didn't have you know any park or it was a very very scary uh, road to be and around at close to uh, Hell Kitchen the, the, the cab uh, fell in a big pothole and it lose the two wheel bags you know just like you know in yeah. the movie when you see the and the taxi driver is so upset that he get out of the car slam the door and he leave and we are the two of us me I am in you know in a suit mm-hmm. and she has like a dress and we are left 23rd and west at 11 p.m. okay in 1985 1986 and I remember I mean uh, this woman we were together and there was a kind of fell of danger and she looked at me and she told me this is a little bit crazy isn't it Mm -hmm. and i say yeah it's really really crazy and i asked her but do you like it Mm -hmm. and she told me i love it and for me that was the definition of new york Mm -hmm. i love it beautiful yes that's it yes no i i understand Thank you so much for sharing oh, my pleasure. so openly about um, your, your story, the way you um, navigate and build and create your life, about your children, um, about your writing process and the, the concept of freedom that is dear to your heart. And also to never forget that freedom is also to know and thrive toward knowing yeah yeah to know i mean to at least to learn to learn exactly to appreciate not knowing thriving to know through learning (laughs) thank you so much my pleasure